What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Today is going to be a solo pod, but we're going to take a look into the Miami Heat's offseason. We'll be discussing key free agents, potential trades, and more. We're going to start off with the free agents. Here's a list of the Heat's free agents. We have Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder, Myers Leonard, Solomon Hill, Donis Haslam, Derek Jones Jr., Kelly Ol- and Kelly Olenek, who has a player option. Now, Gabe Vincent and Gabe Vincent is, is a free agent, but I'm mostly looking at players who played a, who had a significant part in the Heat's rotation during the season. Now, the most crucial of these players is, without a shadow of a doubt, Goran Dragic. Dragic was key to the Heat's playoff finals run, and he proved to still be a very productive player, particularly during the playoffs. He averaged 19.1 points per game, 4.1 rebounds per game, and 4.4 assists per game, and he shot 44, 34.6, and 80 from the field. He was a massive contributor for this Heat team, and I think Andy Ellisberg's and Pat Riley's first order of business this offseason should be to bring him back. The Heat obviously have a two-year plan for 2021, and I think that this will be Goran's last nice payday. He's going to turn 34 next season, and he he's not a, a small guard, but he's certainly he's certainly no spring chicken. Chicken. I think that it absolutely needs to be the Heat's first thing of business in order to bring him back. A fair offer for him would be. Guess the Heat have around twenty. Um, um, looked at sport a spot track. I'm not sure if this is the accurate number, but the Heat have around twenty three million in cap space. But I'm pretty sure it, it must be a bit higher than that. Anyway, I think a nice, uh, a fair offer for him would be in the upwards of fifteen million per year, and probably will be a one year deal or a, a two year deal with a team option for the second year. I think that he he deserves to get paid for the for the professionalism he has shown here, and, and his value as a player cannot be understated. He has been excellent. Heat fans love him. The locker room loves him. The bromance between him and between him and Jimmy is is something to behold. It warms my heart really. And yeah, I absolutely would love to see him back with a heat in a heat jersey. Now let's discuss the other key free agent for the Heat, Jay Crowder. 
Jay Crowder, he was actually very solid for Miami throughout the playoffs as the starting power forward. And it is interesting to see how he turned out to be the real piece of the Andre Iguodala trade. He, back when we made the, when the Heat made the trade, he actually looked like more of a, more of a throw-in. And we all knew he was a serviceable player, but we didn't know that he would have this, this type of impact on this team. And he's, <laughs> I didn't realize this, but he's a, until he got here, he's a type. He's the type of player that screams heat culture. He works hard. He he doesn't like any BS. He plays ex, he plays defense. Puts his body on the line. He's an excellent condition. He's in excellent physical condition. And the series against Milwaukee in particular, Crowder he was a huge contributor. He averaged 15 points per game for that series. He played excellent defense, and he most importantly he shot 43 percent from beyond the arc during that series. I think. His impact on the, um, against Milwaukee was so key because he was he was in, in an integral part of the strategy deployed by Coach Spoelstra against the Bucks as he's, he's such a strong player, his dirty frame, and he's and his excellent positioning helped him contain Giannis's drives to the basket, and his switching ability helped out massively. He could switch out on the perimeter, he could bang bodies down low, obviously not against Brook Lopez, but he could hold his own. And he's not afraid. And he's the type of player that in a championship contending team, you need those type of players willing to do the dirty work. And that can suddenly get hot. He's been inconsistent from three throughout his career. He had that one outlier again when he played with Boston. But he was he was excellent for us. And I think the Heat should absolutely look into bringing him back. However, his return, I don't think is as set in stone as Drogic. As you know, the Heat have some very glaring front court needs. They need some size. They need some rebounding and rim protection. And there are other free agents in the market that could help address these needs. We'll discuss these free agents later on. But I think that the Heat should they should they should make it a priority for him to return. He's a great lock he's a great guy to have around your locker room. He he embraced the culture of this organization. He was absolutely key for everything that we that we wanted to do. But I would understand if he doesn't come back because, again, I believe he was on a $7 million salary this season. And I certainly think he'll want a, uh, a salary increase because he's getting older and his pros- prospects of getting paid are starting... His, his slot, his, he might be looking at like one or two contracts left if that, that paid him a substantial amount of money. And I think that it will be will be interesting to see what the Heat do. I would certainly I would certainly try to keep, to offer him at least ten million a season, a season, but maybe some other team with a we could use our mid level exception on him. But I think. We could use that exception on another free agent that we will discuss later in order to address that front court death that we sorely lack. Now let's talk about the third key free agent, Kelly Olinick. He has a 12.5 player, million player option, and I think the most likely scenario is that he exercised that exercises that option. Because I'm not sure if any other team might pay him that same amount. I mean he was he was serviceable. He was he was a, a good three-point shooter. Obviously, he can't re- he can't rebound to save his life. He can't defend, 
but his ability to space the floor is what made Miami such a dangerous offense throughout the regular season and our finals run. But I think if I were Kelly Olynyk, I would absolutely exercise that option. I'm not getting paid that amount of money anywhere else, and it would be it would be it would be crazy if we're being honest. But if he opts in. I think that might be good for the Heat because A, he's still a serviceable player as I mentioned, but B, he could be a good trade asset and his salary is big enough to be able to trade to be traded alongside a prospect. Is, is Kendrick Nunn? Is Kendrick Nunn around here? <laughs> anyway, well, of course I'm talking about the big name that has been re- referenced this offseason as a potential trade for the Heat and it's Victor Oladipo. For those of you who don't know, there have been rampant rumors and reports that Oladipo might be moved from the Pacers this offseason. He's got one year left in his contract. He's part of that stacked 2021 free agent class. I don't think... Uh, it. Listen, he he's in 2021, he might have a lot of options to go to that can actually compete before the Pacers do something. I don't know if my friend... Mark Schindler over at Indy Cornrows might agree with that, but he he abs- he'll I think he'll he'll get moved. He the, you can get something for him right now. His value is not as high as it could be, but you're risking yourself into getting a, a getting less return during the season before the trade deadline because then he'll have more control of where he wants where he wants to go because he can then just say. Hey, um, I don't want to go there because I'm not going to resign. So teams might not be, might not, might not offer something that actually helps out the Pacers. And 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 even even now in the off season, I think if Miami were to trade for him, he would be. I would view him more as a rental. He there are multiple reports out there that he that he he wants a an all an, a max contract in 2021. I don't think. Well, we have we'll have to see how he looks like, but I personally don't think that he's a max player. That that injury, well, what we saw this year, he it was a he, he was a pretty small sample size. He played only 19 games, and he was clearly rusty after being sidelined for more than a year. But at his best, Victor Lodipo is an all-star caliber player. But it seems to have happened a long time ago, because. Listen, there is no way of knowing he can be the same Oladipo from the 2017-2018 season where he led the league in steals at over 2 per game, played excellent defense, and he scored 23 points per game. And he looked he he looked like a, like a superstar, really. He he looked really good, but uh, it, it'll be really, really tough to see if he can come back. His injury, I wish him all the best because the type of injury that he had it's very, it's very, very difficult to come back from. He had a knee injury. Now, now and there's the psychology behind it. Now he might not, he might be scared of driving in the basket. And he, he was, he was a really explosive player. He, he people forget he actually competed in, in in a dunk contest. And yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what the Pacers do. He denies the rumors of being traded, but hey. When there's this much smoke, there's almost always a little fire. 
and he 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 also reportedly spends most of his off season down here in Miami. He trains down here, and he and Brian Windhorst re- reported that the Heat he has more interest in the Heat than the Heat have in him. So you're in a, he's in an interesting position because the Heat are like the only uh, the only contending team that can offer something to the Pacers that might not be a terrible package but I guess we'll have to see uh, uh, Andy Ellisberg's and Pat Riley's thinking into this let's see what other players should the Heat target via trade or free agency I'm very intrigued to see what Serge Ibaka could command for a one year deal uh, Serge Ibaka he he played he played really well in the playoffs he was key for the Raptors he shot very well from three he can still protect the rim he can rebound he can bring us that much needed size however the cost seems to be too high to bring him in because because uh, as, as I saw the athletic the other day he want the Raptors might offer him one year 20 million I don't think that he will do that that's too much money for him it's especially with our cap space and but he's still a really 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 serviceable player and i would absolutely love to have him here we can look at other options to, to consider these these include christian wood christian wood he's still fairly young i think he's around 24 he showed a lot of progress the pistons were losing games so there are some questions there there's he he has been around the league for for a while now, and he's still very young. Uh, we could look also at Aaron Baines, Dwight Howard, recent NBA champion Dwight Howard, I might say, and Danilo Gallinari. Again, this is only to address the front court front court issues. The Heat have a nine point two million mid level exception, a three point six million biannual exception, and twenty three million in practical cap space per spot rack, as I mentioned before. That mid-level exception could come in very handy, but the biannual, it would be very interesting to see because if you use the biannual exception this year, then you will not be able to use it next year. And with the Heat having very, very big plans, and assuming it all goes very well for them next season, they'll be capped out and you need to fill the rest of the roster. You can't just depend on, let's say they, they sign Giannis and then they extend Bam. Well, you can't you can't only rely on on Jimmy, Tyler Hero, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Bam Adebayo. You need to follow that the rest of the roster. So I think that biannual exception it will be really interesting to see what they do with it. There are certainly players. Listen, this free agency class is pretty weak, but I will say that there are some serviceable players for this roster. A championship contending roster that could really really help us out and fix some issues that we display throughout the playoffs after the break we'll we'll see more players that he could target via trade or free agency so stick around and we'll see after we'll see you after the break Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the 305 Culture with J.J. Rivera. 
Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and our other three team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, Knuck a Few Buck, Cavalier Central, and Blazing the Path. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. And we're back. Okay, so we talked about front court free agents. Now we're going to talk about some guards. Let's look at the guards that are free agents. Some, some names that could be considered here are Alec Burks, Chris Dunn, Joe Harris, and Wesley Matthews. Now, Alec Burks could be very serviceable off the bench. He might actually not cost that much. He made $3 million the past season. He can score and facilitate. He's shot 38% from three. I think he could be, he could be very good for our bench, uh, especially with. I'm really worried about what Nunn showed us in the playoffs. He suddenly got ice cold, and I think a veteran like, like Alec Burks, could certainly help take some pressure off of Nunn and of he of of Hero. Off when in terms of scoring and playmaking off the bench, because none and Hero are, are really young, and I mean Hero showed that he can he can handle a big moment, especially starting for Goran Goran during the during the the finals. But he he they, none. I it, I was really worried about what none showed us showed us during the. Playoffs, he didn't play in some games. I know he was he was recovering from he he. I think he got co he got he contracted COVID during the break before the bubble, and then he was dealing with some family issues. I hope everything's resolved over there. But yeah, on the court, he it was a little bit discouraging. I I won't lie to you. He. It was, it was a little bit tough to see him do that, go go out that way. Now the other the other option I mentioned would be Joe Harris. I think Joe Harris would be a little bit of a redundant signing. Signing, he would we would certainly double down on shooting, which in the in today's league will 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 always be valuable. But I think he might cost too much. He he's a very very good player, but I don't think we should double down on shooting, especially if you take away playing time from Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and and Kendrick Nunn. And I think that I don't think the Heat should go after that one. But hey, Pat Riley and Andy Ellisberg have shown have shown why they're why they're in charge of the personnel decisions over there and not me then we have Wesley Matthews now Wesley Matthews is a veteran sharpshooter he can bring experience and toughness he probably wouldn't cost too much but again I mean you can cert you can slide him into a small forward and if 
into a small forward role. He doesn't have to necessarily be a guard. He can play either the two or the three. He can defend. He's been around the league, so he knows his way. I think he, he could really fit the culture. He could, or the Heat culture. He, he he looks like he can work. He works really hard, and he can, and he can, he can bring a lot to the table. And the other player I mentioned, Chris Dunn. Now Chris Dunn, he here's here's an, here's something interesting. Chris Dunn has been around the league. He, like I feel what's been forever and he, he he's not a bad player he's more of a defensive dynamo he's still 25 he's, he just turned 25 he's never averaged less than a steal per game throughout his career and but he can't shoot he during the last during last season he shot 25% from 344 from the floor and he had an effective field goal percentage of 48.7 that's not very good and his P- his PR is below the average stands at 12 but i think it could also be a, simply a matter of circumstances the balls aren't the ball, let's face it the balls aren't really good and he could, he could fit our situation. He, we would probably get him for really cheap. He would. He's probably looking to res- resurrect his career. He's still really young, and I would really look into him now. What players would I choose out of the front court player, front court players, and the back court players I've mentioned? Well, I would certainly like Danilo Gallinari. He would bring a level. He, I would, I would look into Danilo Gallinari. Maybe Christian Wood. I really, I really like what I saw from Joy Howard. He, he, what he brought to the Lakers, especially with me covering them for fan sighted. I saw a lot of Laker games. He, his rim protection. He can roll to the rim. He can rebound. And I think, alongside Bam, it would be really effective. The only question would be the spacing, because Joy Howard cannot shoot anywhere from outside the paint. But you know he can. You can put him set some screens, or you can play him with the young guys off the bench. We have lethal shooters that we. You can have him on the floor at all all times. That Tyler Hero and Dr. Robinson are on the floor, so you can space the floor and make defenders commit to those two guys. But Aaron Baines is also really tantalizing, so I'm gonna choose Gallinari because of his scoring ability. He also, I don't know if you guys remember, but he almost, he was, Pat Riley tried really hard to trade for him, but he wanted an extension that, and it wouldn't fit the two-year plan, so the Heat relented. But I think he could come here. But there would be a lot of competition this offseason for his services. But yeah, I'll settle on Gallinari and Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines, he's he's really he's been around. He can protect the rim. He can rebound and sword. And for the guards, I would say, oh my god, I I would really love for Alec Burks to come here. Alec, um, I I'll be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of Alec Burks. I I looked at the basketball reference page and I asked around to see what what he could 
bring to the table for the heat. And I saw that he most most reviews most reviews were really positive for him. He he's service he's a serviceable veteran. And and I would look into Wesley Matthews, a shooter, but he can also he's also a wing defender. We know in the East, with Kevin Durant coming back, Giannis is still there, and the Sixers they have Ben Simmons. You, we you don't have to defend him around the three point line or or anything, but it's always good to have a sturdy defender to throw at him because he's really strong and fast. And in order to compete, also Siakam, how could I forget Siakam from the Raptors and Jason Tatum from the Celtics? You need to have wing defenders in order to throw at those guys. I really wanted Serge Ibaka, but it seems like he'll be out of our price point. He could, we could, it, it would have been a game changer because we could throw him at Embiid or and Giannis. Well, we, we don't, the Heat as maybe they play a different style of defense next season, but in the playoffs they mostly played zone. But in order, in order to bang bodies down low, I think Serge Ibaka would have been perfect, perfect fit for us because. Bam is an all is he'll be a, def, a defensive player of the year caliber player for the rest of the of his career, but Embiid is, is a particular is he's particularly strong. He's got a lot of low post moves, and you're asking a whole lot of Bam on the offensive end. And, and if you in a potential series against the Sixers, you want him to defend Embiid too. Like that's a lot to ask for him from him. So I think in Sorry, Chewbacca would have been great, but I'll settle for with Aaron, for Aaron Baines. Now, I've gone I've gone all this time without talking about without talking about the Derek Jones Jr. situation. We would love to ha- have him back, and he's still really young. As a <laughs> that seems to be a very pro- pro- a very common theme for this podcast: young players that can improve. But it seems like. Uh, just seem, there's been rumors I, I think I read or around the halfway point of the season which seems to be a long time ago but the Cavs wanted him and he fits their timeline I, actually let's talk about I don't, I don't think the Cavs will be terrible next season I don't think he'll, they'll be particularly good but they'll make some progress it all depends on depends on their back row Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton they I've uh, I've seen the nickname that some Cavs fans have put on for that backcourt. I won't say it because it's a little bit NSFW. But just so you know, it's it's quite something. Anyway, we we went a little bit off track there. Well, Derek Jones Jr. came from Phoenix to the Heat. He he he's mostly an energy guy, but he's shown improvement. He he's not a good shooter. He can defend around the wings, but he's mostly an energy guy, and he's a restricted free agent, I believe. Yeah, he's a restricted free agent, and the Heat are gonna. Have, he's. I think he'll probably, he'll probably be one of the departures alongside Myers Leonard. Myers Myers Leonard, unless we cannot get any of the aforementioned guys like Wood, Baines, Howard, or Gallinari, then maybe they could look into a, a veterans minimum for him. He, he's a good locker room guy. He started uh, most games for the Heat during the regular season, but he was out of the rotation entirely during the playoffs, and I don't think that's a good sign. He's a shooter. He can stand around the rim, I guess. But what we need is 
strong frontcourt players in order to counter. Uh, we saw what, I mean, you cannot contain Anthony Davis, we, as we all saw in the, you cannot stop him, but you can't, you can at least slow him down, we at least would have gotten a chance, and with Bam limited, we were really exposed for our frontcourt depth. We couldn't rebound. Hell, the guards were getting in the paint, and I saw Rondo. I think it was in game game four. Yeah, in game four, I saw Rondo get into the paint a couple of times and snatch some crucial offensive rebound, or tip a ball. And I think with with taller, stronger players inside that paint area, I don't think that happens. So I think that those should be the the improvements that the Heat should look into. And yeah, let's talk about some news around the league very quickly. Daryl Morey resigned from his post as general manager of the Houston Rockets. The Rockets are in an interesting position. They don't have any future draft picks. They don't have any young players. They are capped. They're capped the hell out. They have a an age an aging not an aging player that doesn't fit their roster very well. He, I mean, Westbrook is still a good player. I think in the right situation he could thrive. But I didn't. I didn't like the trade when it happened. I like it even less now after what we saw in the playoffs. But I think the Rockets should look at themselves in the mirror. They won't do it. But I, as general manager or owner of the Houston Rockets, I'm not Tillman Fertitta, who's probably the brokest owner. It feels weird saying that about a multimillionaire, but he's probably the brokest, though he's he's pretty broke in terms of NBA owner society. But I would look long and hard into the mirror and say, I think we should blow it up and see what we can get for these two guys. Because, and for Robert Covington, Who's still, uh, who's still a player that will will command a sizable trade offer, I believe. But the Rockets, it seems they won't go that route. I guess you gotta sell those tickets. But that team isn't competing in the Western Conference. The Warriors are back. They're gonna be really strong. I don't. I don't think people. I, I think the only national media guy that I've seen say something along those lines was Stephen A. Smith. The Warriors just scared the hell out of everybody again. They'll be back, which uh, sucks for my for my mental well-being as an NBA fan because I really disliked those Warriors teams. Although I didn't dislike the 2015 team, but as soon as as soon as Kevin Durant joined, and as soon as I saw Stephen Curry gloating every time he made a three that kind of irked me so I was really glad when KD left and they lost in the finals anyway those that's that's my I'm letting my letting my war, anti-warriors bias see itself but anyway I think that'll be all for today thank you for listening to the 305 culture podcast subscribe and follow us on spotify Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 305CulturePod. Wear your, wear your masks, keep your distance, and follow the NBA offseason. And vote. Very important. Go out there and vote. I'll see you next week.
If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.